It's time for Q&A in the Kitchen, podcast edition. It's the podcast where tattoo artists and body piercers discuss topics at length and answer some of the most common questions about body piercing and tattooing. Brought to you in part by Skin Kitchen Tattoo, the Axiom Body Piercing Studio, and Death Before Decaf. In this episode, we cover what's disposable during the tattoo process and talk a little bit about safety and how things have changed over the years in the body piercing and tattooing industry. So, join the conversation with Jack Lowe, Wesley Dickerson, and Dave O as they discuss this topic at length. Welcome back, guys. Uh, today's question for Q&A in the Kitchen is... What kind of equipment do we use that is disposable versus reusable these days and kind of the evolution of and how it's progressed over the last couple of years? Um, Jack, you want to go yeah. ahead and fire away? Um, sure. Uh, uh, things have changed a ton since I've started. I started in 93 or something. And uh, you made all your own needles. You soldered all your own needles onto the bar, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't mean a lot to you, but there was a lot of fuckery going on behind the scenes to get ready for your tattoo. And uh, back in the day, it was um, acceptable and legal to reuse um, everything from the tube to the needle. Um, uh, no pigment could be reused, but you could reuse your needle and your tube uh, if you were to autoclave sterilize them. Um, some people uh, would reuse needles, some people wouldn't, but most people would uh, because they were such a pain in the ass to make. Uh, they're very time intensive to make and uh, so you went through a labor, a very labor intensive process of making the needle and then you'd go through a very labor intensive process of cleaning and making ready the needle, rebagging and sterilizing and all that stuff. Uh, that is long, long, long gone now. Thank God. It's made the job a lot more fun, um, a little more expensive on our end in a way, but it, at the same time, it's become safer, easier, quicker, um, and uh, it's just way, way, way better. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, now the only thing that, there's nothing that touches your body that is not thrown away. Every single thing that comes in contact with you gets thrown away. So the needle, the, the carrier that the needle is in, our, our hands, our gloves, our uh, anything, uh, the pigment, uh, the ointments, anything that we use while we're setting up is all disposable now. Everything mm -hmm. is thrown away at single use. Everything that comes in contact with you is either sanitized or sterilized before we even get it. So uh, it comes to us ready to go. There's no... Um, there's no process on our end to, to, to get the to get the product ready for you. It's great. Um, it comes ready to go. Uh, we pop it out of the package, mm -hmm. um, and uh, we use a cartridge system now, which a lot of the artists are going to. Um, it doesn't mean that it, it's necessarily uh, they're. Some people like them better, some people don't. They, You'll they, be hard-pressed to find these being reused anymore since they come in their own individual packages. Mm -hmm. Artists just chuck them away. They're a couple of bucks a piece. They're, in the long run of your tattoo, not worth us reusing. Yeah. So that's yeah. definitely, like you yeah, said, a thing of the past. That's all gone. Nothing's reused anymore. Because um, one of the problems with being able to reuse needles is people would reuse them and reuse them and reuse them and reuse them to the point where they were just 
they would hook the skin and just mm -hmm. create these nasty right and yep. usually the hooking occurs not from tattooing process but from all the processes it takes to get that needle ready to tattoo because yeah. you're handling it a lot you're putting it in a bag you're you're brushing it you're you're putting it in here and then putting it in there and every time that needle gets jostled or moved or touches something there is a chance that that tiny tiny little tip can get moved a little bit mm -hmm. and unless you eye loop every single needle which you should before you use it uh, you can get those fish hooks and even even if you eye loop it you can still get a fish hook if you don't look close because the hook could be hooking this way you could look real quick at your nail yep looks good and then next thing you know you got a hook so that's all that's thing of the past now with these these cool cartridges you know what I found interesting is the evolution of the grips is that when I started um, and in fact probably when you started still too is we all use those steel grips that had to be autoclaved mm -hmm. and then for a short bit here you started seeing a lot of artists move into disposable grips mm -hmm. um, that was popular for a couple of years and now our machines nowadays have an Yours and mine and a, and a bunch of others have these grips that are um, integrated. Integrated, yep, they're part of it that are reusable but matticidable or autoclavable depending on what types you buy. Mm -hmm. um, and so that we, it's kind of interesting to see that they went from reusable to disposable back to reusable but in a much cleaner, much better, um, and more economically efficient for us financially efficient yeah yeah us. yeah I would say that uh, another great another great thing about uh, the, uh, the the um, the cartridge system they call them carts or cartridges is that uh, before you'd have to set up at minimum two two machines mm -hmm. to do the tattoo you need a liner machine and a shader machine uh, you could use one machine but that means you're gonna have to disassemble the liner machine after you're done with your lines reassemble it as a shader which takes a couple minutes set it up and then go mm -hmm. and then if you wanna oh I need to touch up a couple lines now that I see yeah. that after I've shaded you'll have to do that again so you'd set up at least two machines towards the end before I swatched switched over to coil or to, to the rotaries I was setting up Commonly three, if not four, you machines. Want some bold lines too. If you want to, you know, go in with your thin lines, and you want some of them to be thick lines. Right. That's a whole another machine because you right. need to be a little bit more stronger. Yeah. You now know. all you do is um, you have your machine here. You you literally half turn this cartridge. You take it out. You put in another cartridge. You half turn it, and now you've just swapped your liner to your shader. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to go back to your liner real quick, easy, easy, twist, pop, boom, you're done. So. It, it speeds it speeds up our process which speeds up your time in the chair which is great you know who yeah. wants to sit in the chair any longer than they have to um, and for us it saves us a lot of time having to build each one of these individually sometimes I'll go through 15 or 20 of these in a day so it, it takes hours to build process label and store that many needles. Mm -hmm. uh, so with this, we buy them, they come, we pop it out right in front of you, pop it on the machine, we use it, and after it's done, we pop them in the, in the, the sharps container. We've been open a year and say six months-ish now yeah. uh, at this new location, and I think I've filled two sharps and I'm on my third yep. with these. So uh, yeah, um, we go through a lot of them, but it's great, it saves us time, and it's way safer, it's nicer, um, and just, just, makes tattooing more yeah. fun yeah. <laughs> you know it really really does there's not as much fiddling on the back end we can concentrate more on you what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do it rather than oh fuck I gotta make a 9 mag and a 15 mag and a 3 I'll probably need a 5 ah uh, fuck okay and then what you know it, it takes so much of that out that mm -hmm. we can spend all that energy in your tattoo and, oh, go ahead. and the way these these innovations between these two products have 
grown in the last couple of years has made it so much easier on you as a client for your skin healing yep. up, yep. Um, how quickly it heals up with less scabbing, less pain throughout the whole tattoo in, in general. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they it's they get the work done a lot f- faster yep. and more efficiently. Where before the coil machines and if they weren't set up properly, uh, and it's harder to get them set up properly, you're you're kind of bashing the skin into submission to get to yep. that layer you want your your skin to your pigment to be so you can get it to heal right. Yep. Uh, where these are much powerful, do they get in and they get out to that layer without all that bashing and crashing uh, and uh, creates way less pain, way less trauma, faster healing, uh, way more saturated pigments and just an overall happier experience mm-hmm. for everybody. So you really can't beat them. Plus the other thing is is that because you have that time freed up, yep. it has expanded the, the, the increased amount of of completely custom tattoos. Absolutely. Because now you guys have time to draw. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, the old shops, it was kind of like, oh, I got to do needles, and then after I'm done that, this guy's coming in. Uh, Which design did you want? We'll slap that on, get that going. Mm -hmm. Um, And it changed that. The other thing is that you were talking about the disposable uh, uh, tubes, is that the biggest change, like when I first started getting tattooed back in the late 80s, early 90s, is the use of plastic over the entire uh, rig from yeah. the tube Bagging the machine. all the way over to limit the amount of exposure that has to bodily fluids, and yeah. et cetera. Yep. Yep. Um, it's a lot cleaner process than oh, it was yeah. originally. Oh, like night and day. Back in the day, I remember scrubbing tubes. That was that was an hours-long process yeah. that you spent most of, a good portion of your apprenticeship doing getting the inks out of little things. That's why we, we hang out at apprentices. Yep. And <laughs> these ink cartridges and the way they're designed with either either membranes or... I mean, we do a lot to protect the machine itself by right. wrapping it up to begin with, but uh, how, how little biohazard material gets on your actual equipment anymore mm-hmm. is... Is astounding from what it used to be back oh, yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, so. everything. All these little, there were, all, you know, all these little cracks and crevices, and you know that have slowly over time since I've started have been sealed up. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started, um, spray bottles and things like that weren't even backed. Mm-hmm. It just nobody did it. Yeah. You know, it just didn't occur in the industry that you would you would bag it. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know. And then when it starts happening, you're like, well, duh. Why weren't yeah. we doing that from the get-go? And I think once that started, people start going, wait a minute. Yeah, we need to fucking look and see, you know, where are these little crevices and cracks yeah. in our game that we need to tighten up? And at this stage of the game, I mean, it's, yeah, it's... Uh, I remember one it's, artist, it's he would adjust his work lamp all the time. Right. Never, never bagged up, but just moved that around however he wanted it. Yeah. Every, three times yeah. a tattoo, right. three tattoos a day. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. yeah, later on in life, that's the thing that you see artists saran wrap the whole yep. thing. Yeah, the, 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 the blue clean stuff, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, it's uh, almost as important. You know, people almost have a, a style to that as they do oh, their absolutely. tattooing, you know, yeah. the way they like to wrap things and the way they like to do their barrier yeah. film. It's almost kind of a, it's almost artistic too. It's you know, we almost kind of take a pride that. in that. I like working yeah. with new artists because there's always new techniques. The trading, yeah, the yeah, yeah. And just the setup. Yeah, so. and different way people are super over the top anal about certain mm-hmm. things. I've worked with, you know, a bunch of different people all around and the way certain people are just like, they're going into a goddamn surgery, you there's, know. I mean, there's a handful of things I do that are over the top on purpose. They're, they're, they're I just, like specifically green tape with my black ben- dental biz because I think the look is cool. Yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> the only reason why. Saran yeah. wrap works just as well, but yeah. I like my look. Yeah, exactly. So. 
Yeah, and the important thing is things are getting, you know, things are barriered, and uh, it's, it's tattooing uh, easier for us, safer for the client now than it has ever been, ever, than I can imagine. So, mm-hmm. And the um, history of tattooing, this modern tattooing, you went through the hepatitis scares of the 1950s, which mm-hmm. happened mainly in New York and other places, and in that period of time, they basically put, they poured the inks out on just whatever they were working off mm-hmm. of, like this table. Uh, they they had one bucket that had a little bit of Lysol in it that they used to wipe off the person with the same rag all night long. Yeah. Because they didn't know better. Right. And progressively that took off from, thanks, you know, the advantage of the hepatitis scare <laughs> was that it taught people like, oh, really? I can't, I shouldn't do that? Shouldn't and even when I started, thing. and you started getting tattooed... People would smoke at their station. Their yeah, clients would smoke at their station. They'd eat sandwiches while they were tattooing you. Yeah. Pizza. Oh, food's here. Because they're working all day long. Yeah. They're sitting there in one glove. I remember tattoo artists being so cheap, they would take the glove off and set it on the table, go do whatever they were going to do, and then come back and put that exact same glove on. It's like, uh, how much? Did, and back then, they now it's like maybe 20 cents a pair. Yeah, right around something in there. like that. Back then, it was probably nickels. Yeah. And it's just like, what the hell yeah. is wrong with you yeah it, uh, I heard of when the, the big love thing were, was coming in at conventions and stuff they were starting to push that there were certain artists old school guys that would uh, wear only a glove on their tattooing hand yeah because that's the way the it was written like so they were like alright <laughs> the they wear one glove you know like okay uh, yeah it was it was just such a foreign thing that there was kind of this resistance to it and then uh, it got to the point where, like look dude you're, it's not it's not acceptable anymore at all. I don't care how old school you are, yeah. how whatever, and how you haven't died yet. But no, it's just not acceptable step anymore. Step up or step out. I, I walk yeah. into ta- tattoo yeah. shops where I'm like, I'm not getting tattooed here. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. there's dogs running around and they're petting them while they're tattooing. Right. And you're just like, uh huh. <laughs> this, you know, it's just com- a lot of it's common sense. Piercing, entirely different thing because. It's not as big of an industry, so the things that have come into play, like disposable clamps and tubes and et cetera, the quality isn't there yet mm-hmm. to where it's usable um, or practical from a cost point. Right. Like I've always said, I could I could set up an I could set up a surgery room. A, a, what do they call them? They're not a room. They're a opera mm-hmm. or a, is it opera or operating. No, for an operating, they have like a, it's like it's a stage word. name. Uh-huh. Completely clean, completely sterile, but I'd have to charge $300 to do an ear piercing. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's the way it is. So it's trying to find that middle ground between the two. Yep. I mean, with with us, I, you know, forceps are reusable, but they have to be cleaned every time um, and decontaminated. If you're interested on how that happens, I did post a video on here exactly explaining what I do every time I use that. But anything that actually punctures the skin is always disposed of as metal ways. Those needles, and this thing with people that'll oh, I bent the bar on the gu- on the needle, and I did this and I did that before. Nobody's going to dig around in a biohazard container if they've thrown it in a biohazard container, unless they're a complete idiot mm-hmm. or really, really, really cheap, which I they won't last things. very long. No one's going to dig around in that container mm-hmm. to find that proper needle. They're going to risk their own safety and health by doing that first. And that's the other thing with this. One of the reasons we're as safe and cautious as we are is you're in contact with a tattoo maybe, full session, eight hours maybe. Um, Eight hours Most people on average two to three hours. 
every single day, five days a week, from usually about noon until eight-ish, I'm in contact with the stuff all day long. Mm-hmm. I'm the one in my fellow employees that are most likely to catch something off something that isn't cleaned properly yeah. or labeled properly or disposed of properly. So it has more to do with pride of ownership and all that fun stuff, but at the same time, their own personal damn safety. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm sick, I can't do this. Yep. That sucks. Yep, and it would suck to have hepatitis and try to stay in this industry. Oh, boy. Indeed. Yes. Well, uh... I think that sums think that they, up. You think they got part. that? Did you get that? Yep. You got it! And if you'd like to learn more about tattooing, or at least the piercing side of it, of uh, sterilization, decontamination, all that, there's three extremely long videos where I go through the process. Um, you can check that out on our channel. First of all, we'd like to thank uh, Death Before Decafy for... Uh, Decafy. I said Decafy, didn't I? Yeah. See, I told you, you gotta follow... Yeah. You gotta hit the subscribe button just as well. <coughs> just to catch those flukes. Anyway, uh, we'd like to thank uh, Def Before Decaf for helping us out by supplying the coffee. Yes. If you like flavored coffee, coffees, and you like to copies, I just can't talk today. Dave was making coffee. It's got to be the copy. It might copy. It's the copy. If you'd like um, flavored coffee. Dave just can't let Kinkos go. <laughs> click their Facebook page. Follow them. Uh, they are listed in the description. Buy some of their coffee. Check them out. And they, they have some really good flavors. Cool merch, too. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Q&A in the Kitchen. If you would like to see the video version of this, go over to our YouTube channel, Body Piercing and Tattooing Channel. Yep, that's the name. And subscribe. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you prefer to listen to these in the future. Once again, this was brought to you in part by... Skin Kitchen Tattoo in Axiom Body Piercing Studio located in Des Moines, Iowa and Death Before Decaf. Other than that, you all have a good day. Hope things are well and good in your world. And we hope that your tattoos and piercings heal with ease and without issue. And if you're in the Des Moines, Iowa area, we all hope to see you for your tattooing and body piercing needs in the future.